Welcome to Laundry Lowdown Podcast, where we turn up the heat on your lingerie love affair and fuel your confidence in your own skin. Our podcast is your passport to a world where lace meets us and silk whispers secrets. We're not just here to talk about lingerie. We're here to be your sultry confidence, your intimate advisors, and your weekly dose of fabulous. Tune in every Wednesday and Saturday to join our sensational team as they navigate the intricate threads of the intimate world while spilling the saucy details about their own lives. Get ready to dive deep into the realm of lingerie, relationships, the best brands, and so much more, all served up with our signature blend of frankness and openness. You won't be disappointed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Laundry Lowdown, the podcast. So my name is Daisy May, and you're joining me today for an episode of my series named The Vintage Glamour Devotee. So in case you don't know, vintage glamour is something that I try to bring into my daily life. Uh, Vintage glamour for me particularly is anything from the eras of the Art Deco era to the sort of late 50s. I have a huge passion for vintage, huge passion for lingerie. And I, if you've seen my reviews or follow me on social media, you'll know that this is something that I talk about quite a lot. But I really am passionate about life basically being too short to not express yourself, have fun with what you wear, waiting for someone to wear lingerie for, um, not wearing it for yourself. Yeah, I just, I really think life is basically too short and vintage glamour is like a huge part of who I am and therefore the name of my podcast series naturally became the vintage glamour devotee. Um, after being with Laundry Lie Down for a while um, I think it was very clear that I am a, quite a waffler, I love talking and I'm very passionate about certain subjects and we thought that they could make a really good podcast for you guys. Now, the reason I'm introducing this like this is because I'm fairly new to the video podcast. So I'm very used to submitting audios and then just being on Spotify and YouTube. Um, they're, they're really on all major podcast platforms, but particularly, you know, I'm sure a lot of us go to Spotify. But recently, we've had the opportunity to do video uh, podcasts. So kind of much like a review, I feel like they're a bit more interactive. So yeah, I hope you guys, whoever listens to my podcast, I hope you enjoyed these hopefully more. And to anyone who's new, I hope you enjoy them as well. Um, just a little snippet for you guys. Previous things that I have discussed are things like Betty Page. I've discussed lingerie hauls, my favourite brands. So things like Dita Von Dieter Lingerie, Honey Burdette, how to create a pinup wardrobe, how I got into modelling, how I got into burlesque, all kinds of like interesting things that kind of somewhat tie into the vintage glamour theme, really. Um, And today isn't going to be any change from that. So obviously part of vintage glamour is luxury, bougie items and sometimes things that aren't always on the cheaper end of the scale. If you've seen my reviews, you'll know that I am a huge advocate for buying good quality rather than buying lots of things. So I really believe in looking after the things you have, cherishing the things that you have and, you know, only really buying things that really make you feel amazing. Um, When I was younger, I used to just kind of just buy things because I was like, yeah, I kind of like it, but like I wasn't 100% sure. I'm talking when I was like 17, 18. 
And then one day I remember just opening my wardrobe and being like, I don't even like half the stuff in here. It doesn't really fit me that well. I don't really love it. So yeah, I just remember having like huge clear outs and being like, from now on, I'm not really going to be buying anything unless I'm dead certain I'm going to be wearing it in like 10 years, as long as it's still holding together nicely. And that kind of comes into the topic of this podcast. So this one is going to be discussing the, and again, because I'm a waffler, I kind of do like them being a little bit educational. I'm also a bit of a nerd. So this one is going to be on silk versus satin. So again, it's that kind of vintage glamour. Can you do it on a budget? What's the difference between silk and satin? My experience of both of them, why I might prefer one over the other. But what is really great about this podcast is I've actually done three review reviews, which you can um, go and hopefully view if you want to. Um, if you do join Laundry Lowdown, if you haven't already joined, or maybe you want to you know, resubscribe, make sure you use my discount code. It's May10, which is M-A-E-1-0. And that'll give you a little bit of discount off your subscription price. So you'll be able to see um, kind of the sort of items that potentially I reviewed as well as, you know, seeing me waffle on, um, which I'm assuming if you're still listening five minutes in, you enjoy. <laughs> so as I mentioned, I really like quality. I really believe in hand washing everything and buying good quality items. So you could hint that maybe I prefer silk. To satin. Um, what I will say, which is slightly contradictory, is that I am actually vegan. That being said, I don't always agree with how some vegan fabrics are made for the environment and some natural fibres are better for the environment. There is that kind of, for me, it would have to align with the company being ethical as well as like how they look after animals as well as the environmental like impacts as well and consciousness. So for that reason, I tend to just not buy things like leather and wool unless I, I used to work in fashion. So unless I'm pretty sure the company um, is relatively ethical, maybe I would consider it, but I'm very picky. And then the only real leather fur things that I've ever owned were vintage. So they were all, again, vintage grammar devotee. They were all from the sort of 40s, the 30s, which I don't really have a lot of anymore because it kind of grosses me out about the idea of wearing fur. But I've been vegan a long time. So I think that's why I've sort of, each year I step away from, from, you know, anything that causes animals any harm. So for those that don't know, silk, it is an animal fiber. Yeah, it's not like satin that's man-made essentially. So there is that kind of dilemma. So I will be discussing that a little bit as well, as well as the products that I bought. I will show you a little flash of what I got, but like not massively, because I want you to be able to hopefully go and view the reviews and to not spoil those. But I believe we'll be popping some pictures up in this video as well, so you can get a little gist of what I'm talking about. So what is silk? I do have my notes here because I did a lot of research for this one. So to make sure I get this and say this correct, silk is a natural protein fibre most commonly made from the cocoons of the larvae of the mulberry silkworm. I believe mulberry silkworms are actually the most common form of silk as well. Then what they do is they basically spin those fibres into yarn and they're woven together, like literally woven together. So it's a very strong fibre in itself is a very strong when it's spun into yarn it's very strong so naturally when you weave that together it's a very strong um fabric as well due to how it's made though and obviously where it comes from that's a lot of work <laughs> to manufacture the silk then to actually weave it together and make fabric and dye it and then you also have to put in the manufacturing costs of actually making a garment so it's quite a long-winded process compared to man-made 
satin, even if it's kind of like silk, it's satin. So yeah, it is very expensive. Um, silk can very much vary in price, but really if you're paying less than 50, 60 pounds for something with silk in new, um, unless you're getting a bargain on eBay or something, um, it's probably not very good silk and it's probably a, a silk blend as opposed to pure silk. It is known for its properties of being, and I've quoted this from places that spin silk, for luster, shine, softness, strength and durability. And apparently it feels decadent. Now that is a word that I actually would use for certain colours and certain fabrics and certain laundry looks. Something that's truly decadent, I feel, is very vintage glamour. Um, so surprise, surprise, I do like silk. There are some very rare uses of silk that you might not know of. Maybe you do. Um, but they are bicycle tyres, parachutes, if you can believe it, and even surgical sutures. So that is kind of really interesting. I'm also a fanatic for surgery. I watch surgery programmes a lot. So that actually really interested me. I didn't actually know that. And what is satin? Satin mimics silk. It's a woven fabric, but it is still most commonly made of polyester. So I don't know if anyone has worn a lot of polyester. Generally, it's not the most breathable fabric. Personally, say that polyester, particularly when it's very cheap, can feel um, quite scratchy, quite sweaty, um, smelly. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of, as much as I am vegan, I'm not always the biggest fan of man-made fibres. Again, there are inconsistencies in that opinion there because some man-made fibres are amazing. It's the same as in like um, skincare or basically any chemicals or medicines that are manufactured. It's the whole natural versus like man-made argument. Some natural things aren't good for your body. Some are. Some man-made things are. Some aren't. Um, so I think that goes for fabrics and in, in fashion as well. Um, I think just like conscious choices is what I would like to put it as. I don't think there's one or the other. I think you could maybe have a blend of both, but just be cautious of and cautious and, and conscious of where you're buying from, um, you know, and what are the intentions of these, you know, brands and designers and businesses. That's something I've always um, really taken big passion in. So, for example, I wouldn't buy silk from like Gucci or whatever. After working in fashion particularly, I just don't like how a lot of things are manufactured um, and made. I don't really agree with it ethically a lot of the time. Whereas if something's vintage or from it's from a smaller business, I really like supporting that. That's something I'm really passionate about. Or, or for example, a company, and again, I'll be talking about this in a little minute, but smaller companies that have maybe have been running a long time and it was someone's like great, great grandparents or something that had this business and they're still quite a small business. Everything is like really thought out, well-designed. They don't make a lot of each item. They're like, they're, they're conscious of like everything they make has had a lot of effort put into so there's little waste and little harm on the environment I think I would you know I'd always rather buy silk from something like that like an independent designer or boutique or something than off the high street so I think that's a good example of like a conscious decision there so yeah back to the polyester though it generally is less breathable more likely to react with the human body and cause heat or itchiness as well as static properties. Now, I really don't like that some fabrics are static. It really annoys me. I don't know how many people get this, but I'm very, I very easily get like little static or electric shocks from touching certain fabrics. I, I really hate that and my hair will go frizzy. And I also have like, again, I spoke about this in my reviews, but I have very sensitive skin. Like polyester things do not agree with me. I get like heat rash, I get eczema. 
I'm a real sensitive sausage. I can't, I, I like cotton, I like bamboo, <laughs> I like silk. I don't mind lace and I don't mind some man-made fabrics like polyesters, but hopefully a blend and hopefully like of a really good yarn quality. Otherwise I cannot wear it. Cheap clothing literally irritates my skin so badly. On top of that, if you have like static cling and it's clinging to your body, oh no, it's just, it's too itchy for my skin. Um, traditionally, this material is also much shinier on one side and is more prone to snagging due to the materials it is made of, as well as the woven techniques used in cheaper manufacturing methods and processes. So you might have noticed this on one side. Let me show you on this one. This is actually a silk item. I'm going to try not give it away too much. But if you can see there, that is, I mean, it looks somewhat shiny but when you compare it to that. That's generally how things are woven. This is an expensive woven piece though. So when, for example, you compare it to something like, ooh, something like this, where you have real shine, and then on the other side, it will look very different. Inside, outside. Cheaper made. Still not really cheap, you know, not Primark cheap or, you know, really, really cheap, but we're talking cheaper than like high-end, small production quantities, small business kind of methods of working. It's They're both made quite well, those two things, which I'll be talking about in a minute, but you can already see the difference in the woven techniques. So imagine what it's like when you have a really cheap item. Um, that static cling. And also the snagging, I don't know if anyone's ever found that, but you, well, you end up getting like a line and then like a little loop where the yarn's got caught. The cheaper it is, the more that's going to happen. For anyone that doesn't know, I, again, I've spoken about this in previous podcast episodes and I've briefly touched upon this in reviews, but for quite a few years, about seven years, I was a knitwear designer. I specialised in knitwear and for most of that, I was a freelance knitwear designer. Really, the quality of the yarn speaks volumes. You can have an amazing pattern, you can have something put together amazingly, but if the quality of the yarn's crap, the garment's going to be crap. It's not going to last. It's going to snag. It's going to bobble. It's not going to wash well. Um, so you really invest in whatever fabric something's made of. I think that's really speaks volumes to, um, the garment itself. That's a little bit about silk and satin. Before we dive back in, are you on the hunt for that perfect lingerie, hosiery, or perhaps some tantalizing kinkwear look no further laundry lowdown with our team of beautiful models from around the world stands as your impartial consumer companion dedicated to inspire delight and inform with over nine years of expertise in reviewing your intimate essentials we've got you covered <laughs> or should we say uncovered <laughs> With a library of over 11,000 full-length video reviews, we provide 100% impartial insight to help you discover those hidden gems. And as a special treat, use promo code ZOEPAGE10 when you join our website today to snag an exclusive 10% discount in any of our membership plans. It's my way of expressing gratitude for being a part of this fabulous community. Simply head over to laundrylowdown.com forward slash join and let's embark on an inspired journey together. Now let's dive back into today's podcast. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, you. Yeah, you listening. Do you like personal finance or real estate? Are you itching to build wealth and create a better life for yourself or your family? 
then you need to come check out the Life, Money, and More podcast with real estate agent, YouTuber, and actor Sage Weiss. This isn't your average finance show. We dive deep and do not sugarcoat topics around money and life. The Life, Money, and More podcast releases two episodes a week just for you because we're all about helping you win in this crazy world we live in. Come join the thousands of listeners on the Life, Money, and More podcast. As a little example of how beautiful and decadent something can be um, when it's made of lovely silk is this like kind of fabric here. So you can see that lovely decadent purple and shine and it's got beautiful, beautiful um, lace on this as well. So this brand that I um, bought from is actually called Marjolaine and they are a French brand. They have been going quite a long time. So I'm going to give you a little bit of history on the brand Marjolaine itself. So they are French. They are a French brand that create both lingerie and nightwear and loungewear. Marjolaine is a family story, a story of lace and tradition, of cutting and transmission, of creation and passion. And they actually began in the 1930s, which again, like I've said, is definitely an era of inspiration for me. They use high quality materials such as silk cashmere and French lace for their unique collections. They have become experts in the art of working with Levers Lace. I'm going to show you something in a minute as well. Each piece of lace is meticulously cut and assembled by hand and sewn on Cornley, Cornley machines. That's C-O-R-N-E-L-Y. I'm not 100% sure how you pronounce that. Now, Levers Lace is actually one of the most intricate and expensive types of lace that you can buy. Thousands of ind individual threads are woven together on a loom and these looms are they're actually over a hundred years old so we're talking about very traditional lace this is going to be something that is very strong it's really going to last it's not going to bubble it's going to age really well um i also love that anything like this is not only again like i've mentioned about the fabrics being really good quality so not only is, is the fabric of the silk good quality but the lace all the attention that has gone into making this and the time and the skill the, you know, the art and the craft like that that i find so inspiring um as a creative person and especially someone who you know has knitted lace and stuff I can really appreciate that. So I can understand why things are very expensive. And um, I think sometimes people assume that the markup on expensive things is just ridiculous. It's not always the case. It might mean that they need a big profit, in either, you know, to be able to keep making these things. And, you know, people's time is money. Like, if you make something better, the fabric often takes longer to make, the yarn takes longer to spin, the lace takes longer to make. Um, you're not really cutting corners. So that's where you're just adding on money for production time and, and manufacturing and everything. So I'm actually, I forgot to get this out, I'm going to grab something out of my drawer and it's something that I have previously reviewed and it is about Levers Lace. So we'll be back in just one second. For anyone that's seen a lot of my reviews before um, or maybe my social media, I adore Dita Von Teese. So I've actually had the pleasure of meeting her um, in a shop that I used to work in as well. So I'm very lucky for that. But um, she has a wonderful range called Dita Von Teese Laundry and they're made by Anderson Brockhurst Enterprises and they're over in um, Australia. They manufacture, I believe, in, in Hong Kong. But yeah, they're just, oh my God, talk about not cutting corners and luxury. They Everything they make is made amazingly well. Now, this set that I bought, it's called, now, I am obsessed with Dita Von Teese. 
lingerie. I have done a podcast on this so if you are, really are interested it's back when it was an audio one so yeah maybe go back and have a little listen if you want but this bra I reviewed and yes I know the name and the colours because I'm obsessed with her lingerie. This set was called Trist and this colour was called Evergreen um, and I reviewed this um, and it actually had on at the time I wasn't aware of that they used Levers Lace. So again, I mentioned this in the review, but oh, I mean, the intricacy in, in the laundry is amazing. But to just show you how stunning the detailing is, the scalloping on the bra, again, I've reviewed this already, but, um, and then the lace itself is just, I don't know if you guys are passionate about lace, but it's not just like bought lace they've cut. They've literally made this especially, and it's just, it's just insane. So this is made of Levers Lace. So it just goes to show you that you know, someone like Dita Von Teese, obviously, if you don't know who this is, go and look her up. But she's obviously very inspired by vintage, loves vintage glamour. She's um, an international star, like burlesque performer. Yeah, she's she's absolutely fantastic. And, and her brand is as well. But I, anyway, I just wanted to bring that up because I love it when brands are really passionate about the quality of their their items and where they don't want to cut corners. And obviously that is reflected in the price. But Anyway, I just thought it was really interesting that I didn't actually know that two of my favourite brands actually use the same lace, um, but they have very much, it, from what it seems like, the same kind of ethos and like method of manufacturing that they, they want to produce quality and they have a real eye and attention for detail. Um, so I, I absolutely love that. But what's also great about Marjolaine, again, I won't show you the whole item now because you'll be able to see that separately, but they have such a vast range of styles that I genuinely do believe that you could use these chemises as dresses and you could wear them as like an actual outfit. Um, I'm, I'm also a big believer in um, if you're going to buy quite expensive things, somewhat, I would hope that they're versatile. So I really like it when you can wear lingerie as, out as, as outerwear. So like you can wear lingerie outside the bedroom as, as an outfit. The same with swimwear and the same with um, loungewear um, without it being like overly too obvious um, and being able to style it really nicely. I think that's really, really lovely. The other brand that I've mentioned, Anderson Brockhurst Enterprises that manufacture the Dita Von Teese lingerie, um, they're actually the people that I did the other two reviews on. So there were three reviews that sort of tie into this podcast. Um, I'm not going to show you loads, but they are two leopard print items. And I've shown you the, um, you know, like the front and back of the fabric to give you an idea of the quality. But they are the people who make the Dita Von Teese stuff. So these items are also Dita Von, they're part of the Dita Von Teese collection, but they're made by the same people that made that green bar that Marjolaine also used the same lace for. So yeah, I just think that's really interesting how it all kind of tied together unexpectedly basically um so Anderson Brockhurst they are known as AB Enterprises they were founded in April 2016 and is the as they call the brainchild of Helen Anderson and Lara Brockhurst they've worked together for over 20 years and are recognized as true experts in the intimate apparel category with proven proven success designing creating and sourcing beautiful laundry and sleepwear for some of the world's leading retailers this is taken off their website as well, so I'm reading it direct to you. Collaboration has been and will continue to be AB Enterprises' focus, working with celebrities, uh, bona fide design icons and premium or mass market retail partners. Experts in the intimates category is a time-honoured art. The AB Enterprises team exemplifies this and use their unique skills to help build dreams and visions and make 
them a lingerie reality, which sounds amazing, right? AB Enterprises brings together exceptional techniques, expertise, design, brand development, sourcing, sales, and marketing to always ensure a successful commercial result. Their most recognised, surprise, surprise, is their collaboration with D1Ts, which started back in 2013. They work, including their own brand, Saint and Sisters, which, by the way, is stunning. They make gorgeous silk lingerie, nightwear, lawn, like loungewear, everything. It's absolutely amazing. Can be found in shops like Selfridges, Journal, Glamuse, Harrods, David Jones, uh, Nordstrom and Bloomingdale's. So there's loads of places like that. Now, what I will state as well, for complete transparency, Marjolaine is the most expensive. Surprise, surprise. Um, the, oh my God, we're having a storm. We're having so many storms in England at the moment. Anyway, so I actually found this gorgeous Marjolaine piece that you can watch in the reviews for $74.99. Um, I actually got this off eBay and it was brand new with the labels. Um, I believe it was a boutique that was just like clearing out old stock essentially because full price, I've, I've seen this style vary from 249 to 349 and in some cases go up to the 400s, but generally 350, 349 is like the kind of most I've seen their silk for this length until it goes to like floor length. So they're quite pricey, you could say. <laughs> quite pricey. Um, and then we have the two items by Anderson Brockhurst. Now these are much more affordable, vary roughly between about 80 to 120, 130. I hope, I don't know if you can hear that. It's suddenly gone really dark here and really cloudy again. But that thunder is pretty extreme. But yeah, so like, as I said, none of them are really cheap. Marjolaine is obviously the most expensive. The Anderson Brockhurst stuff, I would say, is it's, and this is the way I describe Dita Von Tee's lingerie, it's cheaper than like high-end brands, like your agent provocateur stuff, but it's more expensive than high street. But I think the quality surpasses a lot of high-end brands that charge a hefty price sometimes for just a Ooh, I don't want to get in trouble for saying this, but for what I would call a standard underwire bra or something. Um, they're beautiful, they're lacy, but I still don't think they compare to the Anderson Brockhurst quality. Um, I'm not just saying that, like I'm genuinely not paid to say that. I don't work for them, never have. Would absolutely love to. It's my dream to model for Dita Von Tee's lingerie or Anderson Brockhurst, but I genuinely, I've just bought so much of their lingerie. I, I so believe in the products that they make and they sell, um, it's the only lingerie brand I've bought from where the quality is just, it, it's second to none. It's, 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 it's amazing. It really is incredible. Um, for their lingerie, for what it's worth, I would say it's between 130, 150 and 200 for like a three piece set. They have gone up, I'll be honest, since Brexit, like everything has. I think the most expensive, it used to be about 170, 180. Um, so it has gone up a, a, a little percentage there, but you know, everything is so. Oh my word. That's shockingly, scarily loud. I love thunder though. I don't know about you guys. I absolutely love it. I don't like the rain when it's cold, but when it's humid and stormy, I actually really love being inside and watching a thunderstorm. Um, but yeah, so I hope that you guys have really enjoyed hearing me talk about like, silk and satin basically because as I say and I as I keep mentioning in my reviews I am really passionate about quality and I really like passing on this kind of information I wasn't I mean I'm so passionate about this stuff and I've worked in it that I kind of 
forget that everyone doesn't always know this stuff and sometimes we don't always know where to start and what to buy or, or what to buy for someone else not just ourselves so I really hope that these podcasts kind of like help to give you a little bit of knowledge and maybe you know if you're having the same problems as me like you have sensitive skin you're curvy you can't really seem to find the things that fit you right and then you get frustrated and that can knock your confidence I really hope that like having this little bit of knowledge and familiarity and you know seeing that I'm really am passionate about it and I spend a lot of time researching and finding things out so that I can feel great in the things that I wear I really hope that does inspire like anyone who's listening basically but anyways guys that brings this silk versus satin podcast to an end and I always like same as reviews I like ending it on a kind of feedback note or like a mark out of 10 like we do in the reviews what I would say is I definitely prefer silk over satin but what I would say is that if you're going to buy satin buy it from somewhere that's a really reputable brand that focuses on quality just like Anderson Brockhurst do because I've been really happy with the satin items I've bought from them as much as I do prefer silk because of my sensitive skin it could definitely pass for uh silk or like a cheap silk but like I say, Anderson Brockhurst, they do make silk as well as satin. So you do have some good options there. So yeah, guys, as always, I really hope you've enjoyed this podcast. I'm really enjoying doing these videos instead of just the audios. I'm still getting used to it, um, but I am really enjoying it. I have some more exciting topics coming up, but do remember that you obviously can go check out my old podcasts. And if you want to subscribe, if you haven't already, to see the reviews, use my code MAE, so MAY second of daisy may one zero so may 10 to give yourself a little bit of discount off your subscription um take care guys and hopefully speak to and see you all very soon bye for now thanks for tuning into today's episode of the laundry lowdown podcast we hope you enjoyed the chat and are feeling ready to express yourself and your unique style just a heads up, we release a new episode every Wednesday and Saturday, so you won't want to miss out on the fun. Keep embracing your confidence and celebrating your beauty. It's what makes you, well, it's what makes you, you. <laughs> this has been Laundry Lowdown's podcast, your go-to source for all things lingerie, relationships, top-notch brands, and so much more. Find us on Rumble, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, or come and join our website. Stay fabulous and we'll catch you soon.